You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast. Interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Ty Morgan, welcome to Real Faith Stories. So good to have you on the program today. Absolutely, Brian. I appreciate you having us, and I'm excited to share our family story and kind of what we have going on in our life. Well, what you have going on is nothing short of monumental based on our conversation. And really, just to kind of set things up, you had an experience with your grandfather having an injury in January of 2020. And that had a major impact on your life and desire to be an entrepreneur. And then later that same year, your wife got pregnant with your son, Brayson, who had a disease that was incurable. And then you've seen God show up in absolutely miraculous ways. And I know I'm not even doing justice to the story. Is that fair? That's absolutely fair. I know there's a lot of adversity out there in the world, you know, since around March of last year in 2020. But what we really want to do is just go out and inspire and share our story of abundance and adversity Mm. uh, and then teach others how they can, too, in these adverse times. Great. So, yeah, that's that's really what we're here for today. And I can kind of go into details on those stories if you'd like. Absolutely. Yeah. Share a little bit about your backstory and then let's move up to that event that occurred with your grandfather in January of 2020, please. All right. So I am Southern born and raised. I was born in Mississippi and raised in Alabama in a very small town called Natafly. There's only about 94 people that that lived in this area, including myself and my family. So my grandparents lived across the street in the pasture from us, and the nearest neighbor was probably five miles away from us there. So I grew up on an 80-acre family farm in Alabama. You know, it took a little bit of that for granted. Growing up, you thought you wanted to live in the big city and you're missing out on a lot of things, but everything you really need is is right there in, in the mm-hmm. country life. So definitely a great experience growing up there and, and being raised with a work ethic. So everything on that family farm was built by hand, my grandfather and family, and they, they farm and have done everything on their own. It's, it's quite a unique experience. And my wife, she grew up a military brat, so she's moved all around the world and seen quite a bit compared to me. And coming to my small town, she just didn't know places <laughs> like that existed. But uh, no, it's it's a great place, and Alabama's a great state. So that's where I grew up and went to play football at the University of West Alabama after playing high school football. And that's where I met my wife, Alexis, and she played volleyball at the University of West Alabama. Mm-hmm. We met there in 2013, and she decided um, after having our first child, Blakely, that it would be best for her to go to the University of Alabama to finish up school. And so she made that transfer. I finished up playing football at West Alabama. Once I graduated with undergrad, I went and joined her at Alabama and did grad school. So I got my master's in family financial planning and counseling. And me and my wife graduated on the same day. She got her bachelor's degree and my master's degree on December 17th in 2017. Wow. And then after that, I got a pretty good job offer right after grad school. I went to work for Aldi, a big corporation. The grocery store chain that sells, you know, wonderful produce and meat. Uh, and I ran uh, districts for them in the state of Florida throughout Jacksonville, South Florida. How many years were you with Aldi prior to what you're going to share about regarding your grandfather's injury? Yeah, I did a little over three years total with Aldi. Okay. And during that time, you had this desire to be an entrepreneur, right? 
Right. So yeah, my, my wife, she gave me a hard time throughout college and said she was going to make an idea jar. Uh, every time I had an idea, <laughs> she would have, I'd have to put it in the jar because uh, just full of ideas and always trying to find a way to make something better. And uh, Aldi was a really good place to do that too. Obviously, it's a corporation. So they have their structure and things in place. But I knew eventually when the time was right, I wanted to, to make my move into entrepreneurship and see what I was made of. But Aldi really helped me build that baseline and business and structure and really set me up for what I've embarked on now. Is that something you would say was in your DNA as a child? Yes, definitely. I, w- I would say I was never good at sitting still and taking tests. I've always been, I have to be active, you know, playing sports, trying to find ways to do things more efficiently, just you know, always is how I've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the farm was a great place to constantly be doing those types of things, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So my grandfather, if he was to build a barn, kind of that process would be we'd go chop down uh, the trees. We would then take them to his sawmill that he built himself and plane the wood, make it to where it's into actual lumber, and then we'd physically build it. So yeah, just kind of have that built into the DNA. And he's not an architect, but he has architect and engineering skills. Never went to school for it, but he was just naturally born with it. I have a neighbor like that who is so skilled, I can ask him to help me with anything, and he his depth of knowledge is incredible. Tell me what happened with your grandfather. He was 64 years of age. My grandmother was 63 years of age. They had recently acquired an RV and they had planned to, to travel around the Southeast and you know live life a little bit and travel now that they're semi-retired. And uh, he was out working physically. As I told you, he had his own sawmill and he has always worked with a chainsaw his whole life. He was actually a logger and he was out clearing some land for a smaller contract around $5,000. And, you know, just happened to not be his lucky day. Uh, a full-grown lolly pine tree came down that he was cutting and crushed into his left temple. It pushed his skull on the left temple side in about two inches, oh. so much so that there was sawdust on his brain when they were performing the surgery. At best, the surgeon said he would be a vegetable, that he would never walk. He would never get out of the hospital bed. But 60 days later, that that stubborn man was up walking and he was back home by the end of March. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, God has the final say in that and his will to get past that adversity. And that that kind of really just sparked, sparked me. And on that faithful day, when I was in Tampa, Florida with my wife, I was actually on some meetings. My wife got the phone call from my mom and came in and, and told me that he was injured, being airlifted to the hospital. We immediately dropped everything we did, made that 10 and a half hour trek up to Birmingham, Alabama. And I saw my grandfather that night laying in the bed on all the machines in the ICU unit. Mm-hmm. I just made a promise to myself and God and my wife that no matter what it takes, if I can prevent another family from going through a hardship due to financial illiteracy, that I'll do do as much as I can to prevent that. And so I made that promise to eventually step away from my corporate protection and go out and be a business owner. What were the feelings going through your heart and mind when you saw your grandfather, there was a conviction that rose up inside of you. What did that feel like? Wow. What we have done to prevent this, why did we get to this point? And just the emotion and the bottom toil you hit when you see you know, all family members that come and, and the grief that it causes that could have been avoided. You, know, you start working around the age of 20 to 25 and he's 64. He's between that span of 30 to 40 years. What could we have done differently to prevent this outcome? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was more of just, you know, devastation. This, this could have completely been avoided had the proper steps just been taken throughout his life. And something inside you stood at attention and said, let's do something about this. Absolutely. So what did you do? That very week, I went out and I filed a business entity and incorporation, and I started 
Infinite Planning Incorporated. And where I got that name from is the main pillar in my business and what we teach and who I partner with is the infinite banking concept, which was derived by R. Nelson Nash. He discovered it in the 1980s. He has some wonderful books on it. And that's where I really decided to build my base around because the concept of banking and IBC, the infinite banking concept is just learning the banking process and applying it at the UMB level. Uh, And the key to it is your imagination. And so what I really wanted to do was just create that entity, focus on learning it myself first and foremost. So every day I would read, spend time on it. I probably read 50 to 60 books in 2020, all related to businesses, financial literacy, personal development, just because I knew I needed to be armed and, and ready to rock. This was January of 2020. When did you decide you were going to leave Aldi? On the, the ride home with my wife, um, which she didn't believe me at the time. Uh, which, which she's always had my back and, and has me, but she just, she couldn't see it. But I, I made the promise to her and God and myself by April 1st, 2021, I was going to step away um, from Aldi, the corporation and, and make that leap of faith. Um, but God had some other plans and he made it happen a little quicker than I could have ever imagined. Tell me why it happened quicker than you could have imagined. In June of 2020, we were trying for our second child for a little over a year. And in June of 2020, God blessed us with Brayson. So my wife became pregnant with him. You know, everything was normal throughout his pregnancy. Everything was going smooth. All the checkups looked great. Just like with our daughter, Blakely, who's seven now, you know, nothing seemed abnormal. And then on a regular checkup on September 17th, they just had a hard time seeing him on the ultrasound. I was like, okay, like something's not right here. So they referred us to a specialist. So on September 29th, we went to a specialist clinic and we got an hour long ultrasound. Now, Mind you, this is during the COVID period. So I'm, as a father, I'm not allowed in with my wife. So she's she's on the bed getting an ultrasound for an hour, but she's FaceTimed me. When the longer it goes on, obviously we know there's something coming down the pipeline. So I'm sitting in the car, just waiting, praying, being as patient as I can. And then she says, you know, the ultrasound tech walks out of the room, comes back in and says, the doctor would like to speak to you and your husband's allowed in. So in that moment, I know something pretty tragic or something along those lines is is about to to be spilled to us. So before I step in into the clinic, I just pray to God, God, I have no idea what to say in this moment. If you can just fill my words for me. We go in there and we're speaking to the doctor and my wife has my mother-in-law on FaceTime. And, you know, I just looked at my wife and the first thing I said was, no matter what, we're not going to abort, abort this child. So that was the statement I made. And Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, a couple minutes later, the, the doctor comes in and uh, he gives us his options. He says, option A, I know a really nice abortion clinic we can refer you to. Or option B, you can go stillbirth of children with this diagnosis, which is called bilateral renal agenesis, or a common name people may know it by is Potter syndrome. It's complete absence of the kidneys and bladder. Wow. Um, option B would be stillborn, where he would be born. My wife would carry him full term. He would be born and he would maybe live 15 minutes uh, at max Mm. just because of the diagnosis and the disease. And kind of I'll go into a little bit of detail on the bilateral renal agenesis. So why it's lethal, it's actually 0% survival rate. And it only happens in about 0.03% of all pregnancies, so like one in 3,000. And the reason it's lethal is because what the kidneys do is they produce uh, urine, which in utero is the amniotic fluid, which a baby swallows to develop their lungs. The doctor said because he can't produce urine, he'll never be able to develop his lungs because he won't have the amniotic fluid. So those were his two options. We received that news, and obviously I'd made that statement that we weren't going to abort. 
and me being a football player and my wife being an athlete, we're just, we're not quitters. We, we don't just quit and roll over. And so we started calling our parents, let them know the news and that we're just going to research this and see if there's anything that we could potentially do. We had that doctor's appointment on November 29th. On November 16th in 2020, Hurricane Sally struck the coast of Alabama. It was only supposed to be a category one or two, but of 18 to 20 homes in my parents' neighborhood. Theirs was the only one that was actually physically damaged. They had to move out of their home, but the home that they temporarily stayed in, a woman owned it that actually had a connection to a clinical trial that helped us save our son. Whoa. So I guess the advice that I would give is anytime God sends a storm into your life, there's going to be you know blessings on the other side. You just got to look through it and see it. So God had, had made that connection through a storm to help us save our son and get us into this clinical trial to save Grayson. A hurricane comes in, it damages your parents' house. The rest of them are fine in the neighborhood. They have to go stay with a neighbor. That neighbor knows somebody who's involved in a trial for something that would be exactly what Brayson needs. Exactly right. It was a brand new clinical trial, and the neighbor had the connection that knew about the trial and introduced my mom to it to do research for us and find out how we could eventually get into the trial. Only God. Incredible. Exactly. Well, tell us what happened next. So then we get the diagnosis at the end of September. Before the end of that week, we had made our commitment to to find out everything we could on this trial to to save Brayson. And uh, by that Friday, we were on the phone with the the two clinics that were doing this trial. That was Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, Maryland, and Stanford out in San Francisco, California. And we went out to Stanford to begin with because Johns Hopkins was not taking patients at that time. And so you have to go through uh, a week's worth of testing to be even accepted to this trial. It's very meticulous. It's a brand new trial with federal funding. So they're really stringent on who's going to be accepted into the trial. Mm-hmm. So we did a week long testing that involved genetic testing that involves all kinds of ultrasounds, MRIs on the baby, all of those things. And then we wait another week after we got all the testing done and we found out we were accepted, which was a huge blessing. And then we get the phone call that Johns Hopkins is accepting patients now too. So we're accepted. And so we had to pray about the decision on whether we're going to Stanford or Johns Hopkins. Because Johns Hopkins was closer, because we, we reside in Tampa, Florida, closer to family, a little quicker plane trip, we made the decision to go to Johns Hopkins. So we moved there November 14th of 2020. And obviously our daughter was in school here. And with COVID times, I know that they had different rules and regulations in Baltimore. So we had made the tough call and we left her here with our in-laws to finish out the school year. And for us to go to pursue and focus on bracing full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that and we moved to Johns Hopkins and my wife underwent 25 amnio infusions. Amnio infusions are at a basic level is saline solutions. I think water with salt in it were injected with, with, with other fluids into her utero for bracing. And that acted as his amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. Since his kidneys couldn't do it, we were giving him the amnio infusions so that he could develop his lungs. And, uh, you know, with that, the, the doctors, they have to be doctors and give you the medical terms. And they said, you know, no matter what, that it's still going to be a, a hard feat. But I'm very, very stubborn. And anytime someone tells me something can't be done or won't be done, I just, I, I don't believe it. And I have my beliefs and what I believe in and God, and I pray and just get to work on it. And so we go through those 25 amnio infusions. And on January 21st, 2021, God blessed us with bracing. He came out screaming and kicking just like any normal baby. And uh, there was no issues with the lungs. And luckily, we only had to focus on getting his kidneys taken care of and getting the the PD catheter. First 
person to ever be born alive with that issue? On the clinical trial, yes, there have been, I think, ahead of him, there's only three babies that are a little bit older than him, and we're monitoring them closely. But on the trial that I'm aware of, yes, he's the first one to be born. There have been others past him now since this is a brand mm-hmm. new trial. Wow. But they were not on the trial, and they did a couple of different techniques. But first to five, so absolutely, it's been fantastic. So he's going to need a kidney transplant. And then he's also going to need a bladder created for him. That's exactly right. So right now, really what our, we finally got him home. So we spent 225 days in the NICU between Johns Hopkins and Tampa General. Mm. And he went, underwent 14 total surgeries. And now the next steps are going to be, we're, we're focused on growing him, which he doesn't have a problem growing in the weight category. He takes after his dad a little bit. <laughs> uh, so he's a solid 18 pounds and uh, we need to get him to 22 pounds and then he'll be eligible for a kidney transplant. We also need to grow him a little bit taller just because he can take an adult kidney. So right now we do have the same blood type, him and I do. And if we have the same tissue type, I could potentially be his donor, which would be outstanding. But once he gets the correct height, he can take an adult kidney. And that would be the first step, get him a kidney transplant, get that settled in. And then we could go in and get him a bladder created. So from my understanding, what the doctors have consulted us on is we can take a piece of intestine, kind of mold that into a bladder and kind of make things work out. Yeah, All the details, I'll leave that to the doctors. That's, that's <laughs> not my uh, realm of expertise. There's something you said that I'd like to circle back on. And you said you're stubborn, but you said you prayed and you got to work. Let's talk about that for a minute. That seems to be a mantra, kind of a way of life for you. What do you mean by that exactly? The best way I can explain it is I break it down into this acronym. FAR is just something I have for myself. Faith plus action equals the results. A good Bible verse to relay that to is going to be Matthew 17, 20. Truly, I tell you, have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And when I say get to work, I don't mean uh, in a physical sense. There's the spiritual side and the mentality side. Every day, especially going through some events with my grandfather and trying to build a business, and then also bracing, being told there's a 0% chance of life. You got to mentally put in the work and build that relationship with God and on having faith and not losing it and understanding that. And I, in my younger years, you know, I had trouble with this submitting to God that he is in control. And when I say that result in the FAR acronym, he, he's in control of the result and he's going to bring you through on uh, what needs to be done. Mm. And that that's what I mean when I say get to work is you just got to have the right mindset because without the right mindset and relationship with God, you're not going to be able to to go through those things. And that was my golden rule with Brayson being in the NICU. I made that rule that no matter what goes down, we can never have a a bad attitude in his room and and say negative things. So I guess that's what I'm kind of referring to. And I used to think in terms of work, and I made this mistake in my first year at Aldi, I I equivalated work with time spent. So I would think if I put in 80 hours this week, that means I'm getting great results. But then as I tenured at Aldi, I realized if I can do more and less time, I'm being more efficient. So the the most important commodity to me, especially through these experiences, is time. And then, I mean, obviously you need money too, but time is more important. And just really focusing on being strategic with your time to get the results you need. What was it that bolstered your faith the most when it started to falter? Yeah, I would say at any given time, God always sent the right things that we needed. I think one example I can really refer to is while Brayson had underwent one of his roughest times between March and April, God sent in a couple that we just really needed. 
to get through those times. There were some complications and issues that went on with Brayson. He went through something called DIC, which if you ever watch Grey's Anatomy, that's how one of the characters died was DIC. Basically, what it means is his whole body and his organs started shutting down. He was bleeding out of every hole. They called my wife and I in to tell him goodbye. They had the chaplain on us the entire time. And, you know, just looking at your wife, telling your son goodbye is just absolutely devastating. Yeah. But because God works the way he does, there was another couple that was actually in the NICU with us that had child complications as well because it's an ICU unit. But we were able to just spend time with them pray with them. They would pray over us and pray with us and help just lead us through those turbulent times. God always sends the right people and at the right time mm-hmm. for me to help keep the faith. With respect to our faith and the strength of our faith, God shows up and strengthens our faith for us through other means than ourselves. My point is, it's not like we have to pull ourselves up with our own faith bootstraps to make something happen. God knows what's up, and he's taking care of it. That's absolutely right. You know, back to the hurricane example, God has everything to the smallest detail planned out for your life. When your faith falters, just look around you. I promise the, the answers are there. So good. Let's circle back now to the transition you made earlier than you expected into the business you have called Infinite Planning. What happened as a result of this whole process with Brayson? Is this what moved you more quickly into starting your own business? Yes, it it definitely did. So, you know, back to God always having everything lined up, just perfect timing. So Infinite Planning, I'd started and worked on it, was educating myself, and I'd started negotiating a, a contract for this business in August of 2020. Things weren't moving you know, quick. I thought it happened a little sooner, but this was for a business consulting contract with personal finance. And I had, uh, through September and October, I notified Aldi of everything that was going on in our life. And they were flexible with you know, going to California or going here, going there to do that. And I, I used my vacation and paid time off to get those things done. But when it came time to request the transfer out to either San Francisco or Baltimore, they just were not able to get that done at the same position. So I, I made a little over six figures with a company car, company phone, company credit card, all those things. So I, I mean, great perks right out of college. I mean, there's not much better you could find, yeah. in my opinion. But they denied the the transfer to Baltimore and offered me a remote position that would require seventy to seventy-five thousand dollars less in income per year. And at eleven a.m. that day, I just I turned that down because my instincts were like, "There's no way." I mean, I'd be better off just focusing on my business and figuring things out. But it's really scary because that's at least a little income. But I just I said no and trusted my instincts. And at eleven a.m. and I went home. I got home at twelve p.m. and gave my wife the news. Neither one of us could leave the living room. She sat in the recliner. I laid on the couch because we were just, you know, it hit rock bottom because obviously with all the bracing news, now the job, we don't have, you know, income coming in guaranteed. We're going to have to live off our savings. But at 11 p.m. that night, the business owner on my first contract sent me a text and said, let's do this. Let's make this happen. <laughs> and uh, God sent them into my life at the right time because I still was not asleep and I probably wasn't going to go to sleep that night. Yeah, But that got me fired up and really emotional. And I just, I couldn't believe it. The way God has things worked out. I mean, a 12 hour period. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made me, you know, made me doubt a little bit and lose faith a little bit, but he came right back through with it and provided that for us and in, in that contract to, to stable our family and help us be able to make this transition. Got home at noon, you and your wife were in the same room, you hit rock bottom. What was the conversation like between the two of you? Do you remember some of the details? 
Yeah, I do. It wasn't much of a conversation. I kind of just moseyed home. I was kind of sick, ghostly looking. I just said, you know what, babe, they're they're not transferring me. They offered me a $75,000 pay decrease. And I just, I couldn't accept that to work remotely. I couldn't accept that to provide for us. Mm-hmm. So like she said, okay, you know what you're doing. And uh, for the rest of the day, we just kind of, we turned on, I believe it's Elevation Church. We watched some YouTube videos and we just kind of sat quietly throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went and picked up our daughter and obviously we acted like everything was normal. We didn't, we don't want to stress her out from school. And and then that night, I mean, we stayed up probably just about all night after we got that text, you know, just praising God and thanking him for the opportunity. Incredible. What was the next step after you got that text to move forward with that contract? But the next week I went down, met with them in person, got the contract finalized. And in December we went live. And so I've been with them since last December. Things are rocking and rolling. And I really started with them on the personal finance side. It kind of spun into the business because they're business owners. So everything's intermingled. Mm -hmm. So trying to separate the two was quite difficult. So we kind of we worked through those details on helping them with their finances and operations. And they're very specialized in the agricultural industry. And so what I realized when I was asked some questions, there's no one that really assists them or helps them in their particular industry. And they're in the farm labor contracting business. So anything you eat that's packaged as far as produce and things like, like that goes, they pretty much pack or harvest and plant for farmers. So I realized there was a big opportunity there. So I started another business entity because I knew they, they, there were other people out there that needed to be served. So I took FMLA with Aldi just to kind of see how things were going to spin out with them. Mm-hmm. And the I believe it was the week or the same, somewhere along that time, the same week that I officially resigned with Aldi, the second farm labor contractor called me and I got the second contract in that new business entity up and running. And so we're on that contract now after four months, the team and I. So God is, you know, every step of the way, he's given us exactly what we need to be able to provide and serve others. And that's the biggest thing in business or or anything in personal finances, being able to serve others. And I've been blessed and fortunate enough that God has opened my mind to, to be able to see how to build these things, obviously, virtually from my son's hospital bed. So that we haven't had an off the space or or even technically at home because when we we're in Baltimore, we were in and out of the Ronald McDonald House temporary apartment living. And most of our time was spent by his hospital bedside until now we're we're at home and blessed for that and things are going to pick up and we're getting our routines but that's kind of how things got started and have gone on since starting that contract what was the contract involved in we come in and fixing financial and operational processes so sometimes on the, the their banking systems on the the business side they're not tracking their revenue they're not tracking their expenses they're not even really keeping up with the details of the payroll so coming in streamlining all their processes making them more efficient and just increasing productivity kind of correlated from Aldi to what I'm doing now. And the business consulting side is decrease expenses, increase sales. So that's, that's really the formula for winning at, uh, at business. And then what I really did and what they were interested in, the, the hook that got them was the personal finance side on infinite planning. So they make quite a significant amount of money and they didn't have a strategic plan for their money and uh, how to grow it, build wealth, and then pass it on to the next generation. So that's really what I sat down with them initially and, and started working with them through. The hard thing with, with this particular contract was as the lines were blurred between personal and business. So I really had to go in there and uh, help them delineate those things. So what's a mind blow to me is you said you were doing all this basically from your phone in the hospital, right? Yes, absolutely. So I got uh, I've not been the most tech savvy person. I'm not gonna not gonna say that, but I have come a long way over the past uh, seven, eight months. So 
between Slack, Google Drive, and Google Meets, I've made a massive impact. I'm just reflecting on our conversation. And it's like when you get knocked down or you get hit hard, you have just refused to lay down. So many people would have given up at many, many different junctures in this story. What do you think has kept you from absolutely laying down? Is there any one particular thing? Well, I think number one would always be God and my relationship with him. And he, he instilled this in me. So I have to give him credit for that. I mean, I guess thinking back on my college football career, I can refer back to that. I mean, I, I got denied by the NFL once and I just don't have quit in me. So I went and tried out for a second time and still got denied. And I said, okay, God, that's not my purpose. Let me go find what my purpose is. So, and I, I just don't quit at anything. And that's, that's a testament to God. And I think my wife, I just, I, I love her to pieces and want to give her the world and my daughter and want to be that example and father for her and a man, you know, in the future that she'll marry to be an example after me. So I just wanted to set that example for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, for, for my son, Brayson, I just, I didn't want to experience the loss or not do everything humanly possible to have my wife and I experience the loss of a child if there was anything that we could do to move forward. So yeah. really the biggest thing is just giving God the credit because he, he put this in me. And I will say too, I guess another inspiration was my grandfather. I mean, I watched him get his skull crushed in by a tree and 60 days later, the man's back at home and he, and just for the audience, he is cutting trees down again. We don't really approve <laughs> of it, but he's, he's doing what he's going to do. So Amazing. Uh, We let him have that. I would suspect now that you're sharing your story more publicly, that you're having people ask you for advice. What do you find yourself saying most often to people that are struggling? The biggest thing there is I refer, I just try to keep it simple, back to that acronym for a lot of people miss the second step and I used to as well. So have faith. You need to get in prayer and consistent routines with God to develop and keep that faith with him. And then action, that second piece is really big. And like I said, when I say action, I don't mean necessarily go you know, work 80 hours a week or go take massive action like that. What I mean is more mentally getting your mind right and wrapped around the right things and eliminating all the distractions. Um, those are going to be the biggest thing. And, and let God take care of the results. A lot of times, I know I used to try to force results, but at the end of the day, God is going to provide the results. And kind of my, my new motto is if there's a lot of resistance to it, most likely it's not meant to be. God's going to open that door for you if it's meant to be. In your own experience, when do you know that the resistance is such that it's time to bounce off of it and look at another option? How do you have that sense, Ty? From our perspective, God's made it quite simple for us. Every time a door needed to be open, he literally would open the door. If the door was not meant to open for us, he would not open the door. So for example, we thought we were going to permanently relocate from Johns Hopkins to Texas to be at another hospital facility. We thought that's where we meant to be. We prayed about it, but we waited about two months for that to happen. And God shut that door twice. And I said, you know what? That's not meant to be. Let's put in the request to go back to Tampa. That's where home was. Maybe that's where God wants us. And sure enough, within five days, we put in that request. Tampa came through on the the transfer. Mm. So that's just one quick example is, you know, everyone's a little different. But for us, it's been blatantly obvious through our experience that God's going to open that door and have the connections lined up. As we finish up here, Ty, would love to have you pray for our listeners, please. Absolutely. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for Brian having us on this podcast and allowing our family to share our testimony. And God, if there's anyone out there that that needs help with anything, I know Brian's there. We'll be here as well. You can reach out to us. 
will help you pray through things, impossible circumstances will be there for you. And just have faith in God and nothing out there in the world is impossible. And we've experienced that firsthand. And if you need someone to help you through that, we definitely can. And I just want to give all the glory to God because everything that we've experienced has been nothing but drawn up through God's hands. And uh, we're his children and he'll bless all of us as, as he sees fit. And we just appreciate everything that he does for us and may God bless us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ty, thanks for sharing your incredible story. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.